I'm shocked. It, it's wonderful. I don't, I don't know what to say. Be my partner. What? My business partner. For a trial period. I'll give you a percentage of everything I make. And uh, all you have to do is show up. Be with me when I meet clients and interview them in their houses or places of work. I can give you 2000 a week for 10 hours of work. But why? Obviously you don't need me around to write. Love you all. Bye. Thanks again. Yeah, but only for you. See, after we first met, I couldn't hear any music at all, right? Then, after you gave me the locket back, all I could hear was this tune for you and nothing else. But here's the thing. When we were in the car together that first time, I could hear my client's song. Hmm. So let me get this straight. If we're not in the same room together, you long for me deeply. So much so that you can't write any music unless it's for me. But if I'm next to you, then you're no longer overwhelmed by your odd yet understandable singular devotion to me and can write about other things? Hmm? Well, I wouldn't put it like that, but it is 100% true. And you want to pay me $2,000 a week to do nothing? You actually make good money doing this? It's the lightning. People want to meet the lightning man. I give them great music that no one else could write for them. And it's worth every penny. And they place enormous demands on me. They want their lives changed by it. And I accomplish all of that. But truth be told, the only reason I have a viable business is because people love a story about a guy struck by lightning. I'm sorry. There's, there's no way I could explain this to my husband. I can't. I just, I just can't. <laughs> Sara, honestly, what am I without these songs? Who am I? Okay. We can try it. But if I quit, you do not get to contact me, hard stop. If I say I'm out, you gotta respect that. Deal. I have to admit, your song does make me feel so much better about my poor book. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, it's not selling. It's my fault. I, I wasn't thinking about my audience. Oh, yeah? How so? Because the characters are Muslim and the hero walks 5,000 miles barefoot and at the end expects a kiss when the least romantic thing a Muslim can imagine is dirty feet. Oh, I see. How oh, well. Wait. <gasps> Is it your client's song? Is it coming? You're hearing it right now. Hearing the music? Shh. Well, you are or you aren't. Oh, you still are. Shh. Let me know if I can help. Should I look through your notebook while your eyes are closed? Hey, stop that. Give me back my notebook. Well, hang on. Just let me have a little fun. Is this why your parents named you God is Watching? Because you're a mischievous brat? Zara means princess, so that's princess brat to you. <laughs> wow. What? She found his words repulsive, but also flattering. Okay, let's unpack this thing. What? That thing you do with the automatically narrating in third person. Oh, it's involuntary. It, it started years ago when I stopped journaling. I think maybe my soul was threatened with extinction, so it rebelled through my mouth hole. <laughs> ah, so is that why you wrote 67 children's books? In hopes that maybe it would go away? 
In the beginning, yes, but now I firmly believe it's my superpower. You channel music and I channel a children's book narrator. Hey, you can have your notebook back. Thank you. Now, can you just give me a quiet moment? Can you hum it? Just a bar? Just a bar. Was partnering with Zara a completely insane idea? Sure. But really, what were my alternatives? Be the guy at the circus who somehow manages to hammer a spike up his nose without damaging his brain, since in my case there's nothing left to damage? I admit I would make a great candidate for that. It says here on your resume, your brain's basically a bowl of rigatoni, but you can still walk somehow. That's all we needed to hear. Welcome aboard. As tempting as being the human blockhead at a sideshow sounded, I figured it was at least worth a college try to work with Zara before resigning myself to life under the candy stripe tent. Maybe together we could make Lance happy again, or at least give him some closure with Cameron. By the way, there's some construction happening next door. They don't have a permit. I don't know what's going on. Anyway, if there's any more noise from that direction, we, we might have to do this another time. Shit, one sec. So, Zara and I were now officially a team, a dynamic duo. I have to say, I had a morbid curiosity as to how sympathetic her husband was to the idea of a strange man paying for the privilege of being in the mere presence of his wife and claiming to derive some sort of supernatural mojo from her. That said, I didn't want to rock the boat, so I kept mom on the subject for now. Would you like more jalapenos? Yes, please. Thank you. Oh, I found a good excuse to get more exercise. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm going to take a part-time job dog walking. Fun? Yeah. Whose dogs? Uh, it's a service. They assign you dogs. It's just a few hours a week. A service? Interesting. I really... <clears throat> Too spicy. Excuse me. Rolets? Lance, I'm happy to row for a while if you, if you want a break. No. It's okay. It's my cross to bear. Lance, I like your collar. If I had a guard dog, I would put a spiky collar around its neck to accentuate its fierceness. Thanks. So, you and Cameron aren't talking now? It's been a couple of months, but we're still friends. Does she know you like her like her? <laughs> no. Well, I don't know. Sometimes I think she knows and it's kind of flirty. But other times she seems oblivious. Okay. Well, um, what do you know for sure about her? <sighs> she loves Edward Scissorhands. It's her favorite movie. Oh, cool. What's she like about Edward Scissorhands? She likes the duality of, like, how his hands are capable of beauty but also destruction. Her favorite scene is the one where he makes the ice sculpture. Oh yeah, where it makes the snowflakes and uh, Winona Ryder's dancing in the snow? Exactly. Before my dad hired you, I actually tried making her an ice sculpture. But something about the fleeting nature of ice makes me sad. Also, ice sculpting is really hard, especially at room temperature. Okay, here's the island. Zara, would you mind dropping the anchor, please?
So, this was your spot, huh? Yeah. It's the only place where we could smoke cigarettes in peace. How did it make you feel to be here with her? It was easy to pretend we were, like, the only people on Earth. Until we ran out of PB&J. We would tell each other stuff that could never leave the island. But then a couple months ago, she stopped coming with. And hasn't talked to me since. Now, even when I leave the island, it still feels like I'm here. Like my soul's still here. Like I'm the secret that has to stay. Tell us more about Cameron. Well, she makes a big first impression. Like if I just met her and she told me she plays keys for the cure part-time and cures cancer part-time, like I would believe her. What else? She likes dance music. She likes to dance out here. Like ballerina dance or clubby type? Clubby, I guess. <laughs> she also loves animals. She liked to record the bird songs and then would play them backwards to get their reactions. Hmm. How did they react? <laughs> they flew away, but we were used to that. Oh, I just remembered. Come check out these coral formations. See this hole here? It looks like whatever the coral grew onto originally died, but the coral kept the space for it just in case it came back. Come closer and listen. So maybe in the song, that could be your code word. Like every time you text each other, you know, the code word, Aluiu Aluwa, it means uh, meet me at the island. It fits with the theme of you two understanding each other in a way no one else can. Maybe. Except she's moving to a new town in six days. So it's not like she's going to respond to the code word. The coral that sang something different to everyone. What's that? Once upon a time, there was a coral with a hole in its center. When the wind blew through it, it always sang the same song. But over the course of thousands of years, the song meant something different to other people who settled there. In their language, Aluiwaluwa was the name of a great and powerful wind that destroyed cities. So when they heard the coral, they took it as a bad omen and fled. Then, for the next people who came there, 
Aluiwalua was the name of their all-powerful deity, so they made the island into their holiest city. A thousand years after that, a new people settled in, and Aluiwalua was the name of a fish delicacy. So everyone came to fish here, even though they never caught anything. They weren't very smart, these people. For the next group, Aluiwalua meant love at first sight, so it was a hot spot for weddings and anniversaries. Finally, yet another group of people settled in the area, and for them, Aluiwalua meant take this coral and build a castle, so that's what they did. And as they molded the coral into the shape of a castle, the wind stopped making the legendary sound. But then, when the north wind breezed through this newly fashioned window frame, it made a new sound. Fortunately for the castle people, that meant keep calm in R&B. Just stay where you are. You don't have to worship me or fear me or anything. Just be cool, yo. And so they vibed down and were happy. That's it? That's brilliant. What's it? I feel like Cameron wants to stay a mystery. Like she tells me things that I can take to mean she likes me or she doesn't. So I never know how to act or how she really feels. She even said one time, I feel like a Rorschach. People look at me and see what they want to see. And the choral sound is like a sonic Rorschach, right? It's perfect. <laughs> okay then. So, what do you think? It sounds great. But? I think the Aluiwaluas would make more of an impact if it wasn't land singing them. What if it was more of a duet? Okay, um, I mean, we've only got a couple of days. We'd need to find another singer. Let's not get bogged down in logistics yet. I think there are moments in the song that have a potential for a, a call and response thing. For example, you have him whining about having to row to the island by himself. But I get the sense that when Lance addresses Cameron, he plays it cooler than that. So if we make it a dialogue, he's putting up a front like he's content to go there by himself. And then she chimes in with the, oh, really? Is that really what you want? In a confrontational sort of way. Hmm. I don't know. It seems... Seems what? Messy. Well, life is messy. You know I only invited you up here to try to kiss you, right? But if you listen to me, it might help with your Yelp reviews. I have great Yelp reviews. You have good Yelp reviews. But some clients say you oversimplify. And I think maybe that has to do with an insecurity that you don't know who you are. It's, uh, it's like two sides of a coin. On one side, you lost your life story. On the other, you overcompensate by putting everyone else in neat little boxes. Okay, I have to simplify people's stories. That's what a song is, right? It's not a 19th century novel. You can't fit Bleak House into four stanzas. Hmm, tell my mother that. The people who wrote those reviews thought they wanted to be seen, but deep down resented it. Whereas other people see something they don't like about themselves and take it as an opportunity to change. That's what art does, right? 
It holds a mirror up to society. We look at the mirror. We think it's a funhouse mirror. It's not a funhouse mirror. It's just how we look. And we say, God, I'm disgusting. I'm going to make a change. I'm getting a Peloton today. I'm going to make a change. My life's going to be the song Heal the World on repeat from this day forward. Hmm, I don't believe in that. Art should be a model. It should show us what we can aspire to be. We don't need to see our flaws. We, we know our flaws. That's no help. So satire has no value. You believe you have value. That's a big deal. You don't realize. Not everybody believes in themselves like that. Like, uh, I dream it, I can achieve it. Not, not everybody sees people who look like them achieving things. Okay, where is all this coming from? Did you even know Cameron was black? Yes, of course I knew that. <gasps> We're making this a duet. And Cameron is going to sing it with Lance. Whoa, whoa, what? And the best part is, we're not even going to tell Lance. She's just going to hop on stage with a mic mid-song. <laughs> Lance is going to shit a brick. Nothing like a school gym for some killer echo, right, James? Oh, hi there. You're Lance's dad. Good to finally meet you. And you're Zara? Hi, how are you? How do you like the light show test run? Amazing. Does the school own these lights? Nah, they're mine. I used to run bulbs for Susie and the Banshees. Oh, far out. Okay, Cameron's here. That's my cue. Lance, you're up, buddy. I really need to know 
really now Now I ask myself When your eyes start to thaw What is written on your wall When your eyes start to thaw What is written on your wall When your eyes start to thaw What is written on your wall You know I love your starry is drawn from memory. My words are gone, my peace of mind gone, and your body's drawn from memory. Amazing. <laughs> no, you were amazing. I didn't know you could sing. It's too bad I didn't know earlier how you felt. I guess if we were to someday write our own theme song together, we'd have to call it Ships Passing in the Night. Yeah, maybe. If one of them was the Titanic. Not you. I'm the Titanic. Not because I'm bigger than you. It, it sank. <sighs> Sorry. Totally obscure history reference. You know how we promised to tell all our secrets on the island? Yeah? I kept one from you. Okay. A couple of months ago, I learned I was adopted. Wow. So, I've just been trying to sort that out. I'm sorry I've been ignoring you. I've just been second-guessing everything lately. Does that make sense? That's a lot to take in. For you, I mean. Do you forgive me? You didn't do anything wrong. I know you were joking about our next song, but maybe we could try writing something together? Like as pen pals. Like Ben Gibbard and the Postal Service? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I'd like that. That was... Perfect, right? There's something here, right? I mean, that was... Cosmically outstanding! Yeah. <laughs> I think I should get more than 2,000 a pop for these. Um, okay, um... You won't need me for much longer anyway. How do you figure that? You think you wrote Dandelion for me, but I think it resonates for you. Think about it. You're like the Dandelion. Your past was blown away. Uh, I see. So the song is teaching me that uh, I don't need my past, that my reason for being can change. It's an interesting thought. Which brings me to part two of our deal. You want the other 50% now? Come with me tomorrow to a place I volunteer at. There's a homeless kid I know who's trying to write songs. You're going to help her write one. And when you do, I want you to ask yourself what's better, showing her who she's been or who she can be. Hmm. Okay. This is for you. 
What is it? It's the manuscript for the choral that sang something different to everyone. Let me know what you think. Yeah, of course. Thank you. Mm. What is that? Mm, something I heard on the radio. What's it called? Mm, I don't remember. Why? Mm. I've just never heard you hum before. Sorry, I don't mean to be the humming police. It's a really nice tune. I thought that night about what Zara had said. At first, it didn't make a lot of sense. Like I mentioned before, I rarely think about my past. So why would I need to learn how to let it go? But over the course of the next few days, each time Zara would drive away from me, walk away from me, I became slowly enveloped in silence. You might take this for granted, but to me, aside from a brief stint after the elevator, silence was brand new and intimidating. No music, just endless whole note rests, an infinity of empty space. And in that space, I started to feel a hint of anxiety about what might creep into it. Don't get me wrong, it was great that I now had the freedom to ponder the things I want to ponder, to even make up my own stories for a change, if I wanted to, instead of channeling someone else's. But what if the stories I thought I was inventing were actually memories of real events? That's what scared me. Or even more terrifying, what if the songs I was writing for other people felt true, not because they were true to the client, but because I was unknowingly recreating some story from my past. Well, then again, all art is to some degree just rehashing our memories, right? To quote Robert Lowell, those blessed structures, plot and rhyme, why are they no help to me now? I want to make something imagined, not recalled. But sometimes everything I write with the threadbare art of my eye seems a snapshot, heightened from life, yet paralyzed by fact. The point is, I was starting to realize the true value and danger of a clean slate and how fortunate I was to have met my resourceful new friend when I did. Until this time next time. When your heart skips a beat But your words keep skipping town I'll track them down I'll track them down Skip trace of melodies The melodies of loss and found